Welcome to A Great Big City News, Episode 10. Today, Staten Island builds a wall, Trump is voted off, and Times Square expands. If you're a New York-based business and would be interested in sponsoring the podcast, visit agreatbigcity.com slash advertising to learn more. Two hundred and twenty-nine years ago, on February twenty-third, seventeen ninety, George Washington moves to the second presidential mansion, the Alexander Macomb House at thirty-one to forty-nine Broadway in Lower Manhattan. During the two years that New York City was the nation's capital, George Washington lived in two Lower Manhattan residences and moved to the Macomb House after finding the Samuel Osgood House too small. The president would live in Manhattan until August 30th, 1790, when the nation's capital formally moved to Philadelphia while Washington, D.C. was under construction. Both New York houses have since been demolished, but a plaque marks the location of the Macomb House at modern-day 39 Broadway. Thirty years ago, on February 28, 1989, The Riverdale Press in the Bronx is firebombed, damaging their offices on Broadway at West 251st Street, as well as two cars parked on the street. The paper had recently published an editorial by Salman Rushdie, but it was difficult to connect the editorial, which had run in many papers, to the bombing of the small newspaper office. Two bookstores in California had also been firebombed, and many other stores received letters threatening violence over Rushdie's book, The Satanic Verses. Twenty-six years ago, on February 26, 1993, a truck bomb explodes in the World Trade Center underground parking garage. The terror attack killed six and injured 1,042 people and was intended to topple the North Tower and send it crashing into the South Tower. The attackers showed direct connections to the terror groups that would carry out the September 11th attacks in 2001. One hundred and forty-seven years ago, on February 20th, 1872, the Metropolitan Museum of Art opens to the public in the Dodworth Building at 681 Fifth Avenue. The building was previously a private residence and was rented by the museum to showcase their first collection of art. After a two-year stay on Fifth Avenue and six years in a larger space downtown at 128 West 14th Street, the museum would settle at its current Central Park location in 1880. Thirty-two thousand square feet of advertising space will somehow be added onto one Times Square, the former New York Times building that gave Times Square its current name. The building is famously mostly empty aside from the Walgreens at street level and generates millions of dollars in revenue from massive advertisements. Jamestown, the developer that has recently taken full control over the building, plans to redesign the array of billboards, upgrading the sign technology and expanding the size of the displays, and has proposed various plans on how to make use of the empty building, including a Museum of Times Square history, an observation area to view the Times Square ball drop, and an exterior elevator. 
After two recent bankruptcies, Payless Shoes will be shutting down all their stores. Stores will be liquidating their current stock and winding down business by March, with some stores lasting through May 2019. There are dozens of stores across the metro area, so you can find some stylish kicks for cheap wherever you are, but in Manhattan there are two stores along 6th Avenue in Chelsea and Midtown, four in Harlem and East Harlem, and two in Washington Heights. A seawall along Staten Island's northeast coast will be funded with federal money and protect vulnerable low-lying lands. After a pledge of $151 million from New York State in 2017, the project is now moving forward with $400 million in funding from the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Let's think about building a promenade instead of a wall, okay? And start to see where your mind goes. You can build the wall, but on top of the wall, why don't we build a boardwalk? And why don't we... Why don't we really think about this as an attraction rather than just as a functional device? A boardwalk, you can bicycle, you can ride, you could have vending stations, you could have benches, you could have shaded areas. We're going to spend $150 million from the state, $600 million altogether. Let's build something that enhances the island. The 5.3-mile-long Staten Island multi-use elevated promenade will be designed to protect against storm surges of 20 feet above sea level and will stretch from Fort Wadsworth, just south of the Verrazano Bridge, to Oakwood Beach, protecting the northeastern shore of Staten Island with a targeted completion date of 2024. Instead of a large wall at the shoreline, the preliminary renderings of the Staten Island barrier show it to be an elevated boardwalk with walking and biking lanes and allows for access to the shoreline in Fort Wadsworth Park. After Hurricane Sandy, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers outlined five major flood walls to be located in areas like Breezy Point, Sandy Hook, and the Rockaways, but the Staten Island barrier is the first project that has moved forward in the planning process. Will Macy's sell the top floors of their iconic building? Upcoming plans to move employees to Queens next year have some speculating on whether the top floors of the Herald Square location will be put up for sale. For the past few years, Macy's has been selling off real estate across the country while also toying with various redevelopment proposals for the Herald Square location. The company's recent addition of 300,000 square feet to its existing 567,000 square foot lease at a development in Long Island City could be a move to shuffle around office space and empty out the upper floors of the Herald Square store. Poor sales over the past holiday season led Macy's stock to drop 12%, and the business recently downsized in San Francisco, selling a 250,000 square foot office building near San Francisco's Union Square. Condo owners at 120 Riverside Boulevard voted to remove the Trump name from their building. Following a similar decision by 200 Riverside Boulevard, Building 120 voted to remove the large letters spelling Trump Place that had hung above its main entrance since 1997. The buildings were developed by the Trump Organization and a group of investors from Hong Kong as part of the Riverside South Project.
Just after the 2016 election, Buildings 140, 160, and 180 removed the Trump name from their buildings, with 200 Riverside Boulevard removing it in October 2018. Price per square foot has continued to drop at Trump-branded buildings since the 2016 election, according to research by City Realty in their 2018 year-end Manhattan market report. A great big city has been running a 24-hour news feed since October 2010, and we need your support to continue. Visit agreatbigcity.com support to make a one-time or monthly contribution. And if you're a local business that would be interested in promoting your product on the podcast, visit agreatbigcity.com advertising to learn more. Park of the Day. Calvert Vaux Park at Shore Parkway in Gravesend, Brooklyn. Named for Calvert Vaux, an architect in New York City for 40 years in the 1800s who designed many famous bridges, walkways, and plazas of Central Park. Partnered with Frederick Law Olmsted, he would leave his mark on Prospect Park, Fort Greene Park, and Morningside Park. Aside from parks, Vaux designed many New York buildings, including the stunning Jefferson Market Library. Learn more from the Parks Department this week on March 2nd, when parks workers will lead an information session about the Highline Park, including its past as a railway and its current status as one of the most recognized parks in New York City. Stop by the Highline's 34th Street entrance on March the 2nd at 10 a.m. Call 212-304-2277 or contact the NYC Parks Urban Parks Rangers for more information. And now let's hear what our robot friend is excited about this week on the concert calendar. This is the AGBC concert calendar for the upcoming week. George Spanos is playing the Bush with Public House on Monday, February 25th at 7 p.m. Amoeba Earhart, Modern Whale, and Slumber are playing the Knitting Factory in Williamsburg on Monday, February 25th at 8 p.m. John Mellencamp is playing the Beacon Theatre on Monday, February 25th at 8 p.m. Red Pilot, Nut, and Waveform are playing Transpecos in Ridgewood on Monday, February 25th at 8 p.m. Wayno, Bethlehem Steel, and Lost Boy are playing the Mercury Lounge on Tuesday, February 26th at 9.30 p.m. Aaron Carter and Max Muscato are playing La Poisson Rouge on Wednesday, February 27th at 8 p.m. The Roofers Union, Deep Sea Peach Tree, and RFA are playing the Mercury Lounge on Wednesday, February 27th at 9 p.m. The Cat Empire and Neil Francis are playing Brooklyn Steel and Greenpoint on Thursday, February 28th at 7 p.m. And on Monday, March 4th, the Monochrome Set and the Jet Beats are playing the Bowery Ballroom at 8 p.m. Thanks for listening. Find more fun things to do at agreatbigcity.com slash events. Here's something you may not have known about New York. The sea scorpion was declared the New York State fossil in 1984 in reference to the first known specimen having been found in Oneida County, New York in 1818. The extreme highs and lows for this week in weather history both happened on the same day. A record high of 75 degrees on February 24, 1985 and a record low of negative one degrees on February 24th, 1873. 
weather for the week ahead. Mixed precipitation through Saturday, with high temperatures falling to 32 degrees on Wednesday. Thanks for listening to A Great Big City. Follow along 24 hours a day on social media at A Great Big City, or email contact at A Great Big City with any news, feedback, or topic suggestions. If you enjoy the show, subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening and visit agreatbigcity.com slash podcast to see show notes and extra links for each episode. Thanks for being part of A Great Big City.